Well, good morning. Once again, so good to be with you on Super Bowl week. Now, real fast, before we jump into the word and the important stuff, I just need to know how many people in the room could care less about football? You just do not care. Well, stand up. I just want to, we're going to do a little, yeah, stand up if you could care less. Look at all of you. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, you can go ahead and, and have a seat. Now, how many of you, this Super Bowl, you really care because you are a true, not like a bandwagon, but you are a true Bengals fan. Like, this is a miracle, by the way. We know the Lord does miracles because somehow the Bengals. Anybody in the room? Okay, one? Okay, a couple? Okay, there we go. I was going to say, I, there's a few, uh, <laughs> which is good. Now, how many of you, like Pastor David, are Los Angeles Rams fans? Give me a zero in the room. I like it. That's good. So only Pastor David in both services, in case you were wondering. That's it. But really, my question, more important, is who is excited for what's coming today, which is the start of NASCAR 2022? Anybody NASCAR fans in the room? Would you all stand for me? Oh, man, that's, that's hurtful. My daughter, she stood for me. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love NASCAR. And so this week, before we get into Super Bowl week, when we're talking about teams, I'm going to talk about a little NASCAR stuff. And if you don't like it, you don't need to worry about it. It's not really important to the sermon. But we're going to talk a little bit about NASCAR because I love it, including today at 3 o'clock. This is going to be crazy, but there is the NASCAR race in the L.A. Coliseum, which is where the USC football team plays, and they built a racetrack in the L.A. Coliseum for today only. For this one race, they spent like $2 million, and then they're going to rip it all out because football comes back. And uh, it is amazing. Last night they had some qualifying, some practice, super fun. So if you do not like NASCAR, this would be a great time to just try it out. Try it out. Like, why not just check it out on Fox today? Super fun. But we're going to talk a little bit about it, because I have realized as time has gone on that somehow, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, I'm way more excited about this week, the clash at the Coliseum, and in two weeks, the Daytona 500, than I am about the Super Bowl. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just being real. I'm confessing to you all. Some of you, my view, your view of me just went way down, and that's all right. I can handle it. But that's just where I am. But I love the thought of teams and of team sports. Now, you're probably like, but NASCAR is not a team sport. Wrong. You do not know. NASCAR is a super big team sport. And in fact, I am a huge Chase Elliott fan, William Byron fan, who uh, is a great Christian young man, goes to Liberty University, a uh, great guy. And I love it. And there's Hendrick Motorsports. There's all these teams. There's drivers up to four that could be on one team that they all race individually in a race, but they work together. They do everything together. There's pit crews and there's all the people. There's the mechanics. Hendrick Motorsports has over 200 people that works to make these four cars happen. Anybody know that? That's wild. And it's a team effort because if they get to the track and their car is not ready, they will not do well. It doesn't matter. Jeff, back in the day, Jeff Gordon, it doesn't matter. He was the best driver. If he didn't have the car, it didn't make any difference how good of a driver he was. If his pit crew didn't make it happen. And in our, our life with Jesus, I think sometimes we want to be the celebrity Christian. In other words, we just want to do our thing in our way. And I have my walk with Jesus, and I do what I do, and that's just what I want. But I think the word is very clear that we need each other. In fact, I would say way more than we understand. 
You need the person in front of you and behind you and to your left and your right in, in this room today. It's not something that we should try to just do ourselves. In fact, in the New Testament church, uh, it talks about over and over and over about going house to house and eating together and encouraging each other. It talks about the importance of communing together, the importance of sharing the word of God together. We see, in fact, in the New Testament many times where cool stories happen in someone's house where someone is preaching or where something is happening or where there's a group together, including someone falling out of window because he was bored to death. Right, anybody? I hope that's not you this morning. But even if it is, right, uh, God can do a miracle and bring that person back. In homes, things happen. And so today we're going to be talking about the importance of groups. And in fact, as you came in, hopefully everybody got one of these nifty life group sign-up cards because we would love to have you be a part of life groups. And we'll get into that as we go. But today we're going to look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, use a little bit of NASCAR, some pictures. Maybe today we'll have won one of you over. I'm not counting on it, but one of you over in the NASCAR uh, camp to watch the race today. Uh, but way more important, I hope every one of us will listen to the word, what God speaks, what he has, because I believe he wants to speak to some people in the house today. And specifically, if you feel alone, specifically, if you feel far from God, if, specifically, in fact, in the first service, uh, Neha gave a word that I thought was so good for this sermon and today about in India that they, had tun- or they have tunnels, and in America, our tunnels that you go through are fully lit, like super bright all the time. In fact, it, they might be brighter than the outside sometimes. Sometimes you go in and you're like, wow, these are bright. Like drive your car through, or uh, especially with new lighting, all of those things. But in India, where she was, there were a lot of times where tunnels would be pitch black. There wouldn't be light. So if you were in a tunnel and you did not have light, you could not see. And she just was seeing this, that when we walk with God, God will give us that next step and light up that next step. And we may still be in a dark place. We may still be in a place where if that is not, if God is not, or if that candle's not on, then we are not going to be able to see and where to go. But God wants to walk with us, that he loves us. And so I want to encourage you, before we even jump into the word this morning, that we're in this together. We've got this together. This is a team sport that we have as we walk with Jesus. Your individual walk with him combines and we all come together and get to see what God does. So let's, let's read this morning Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 and then look at it, what it might say to us today. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to, uh, to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This word, these few verses are so rich and so powerful. There's so much good stuff that we can learn and that we can grow and that we can experience in Jesus today. So as we start, the first thing we see here is that you need to take the green. You have to step into Jesus. 
Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. I don't know about anybody else in the room. If you've done study or you know about the Bible, Old Testament, animal sacrifices, all the stuff they had to do in the Old Testament, I am so thankful that we live now and that Jesus' blood has already covered it because I don't know how I would do with like chopping up animals and putting blood on stuff and sprinkling blood on like all this crazy stuff that was a part of animal sacrifice. Jesus came, he died, he rose again from the grave, he did his part. So we now can enter with confidence. And I'm so thankful, not confidence, because you or I are great. Anybody else in the room, you're like, uh, sometimes I like to think of myself as okay or great, maybe. But then we start to actually look at our life and we say, oh man, I wish I was a whole lot better, right? Anybody, like, I wish I was so much better. I wish I could do what I want to do. In fact, Paul said it really, really well. I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. Maybe some of us can relate where it's like, Lord, I try, I want to, but it, it doesn't always happen. Well, I want you to know today it's not on your good works or on how awesome you are or on what you have done. It's Jesus and what he did on the cross that gives you the confidence to step into him. And I want you to know if you try to do this thing with Jesus on your own power, in your own strength, it will be frustrating. I think I would use the word, it will be religion. It'll just be something you try to do. It'll be effort. But when we walk with Jesus, he goes with us and he will give us strength to overcome. We don't stay where we once were. No, we want to keep moving in him, but we, we go by him and we win and we're victorious because of him and this new living way, the sacrifice of who Jesus is, our new high priest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus, our new high priest over the house of of God, which means let's draw near to Jesus. Let's draw near to him. Let's let him move and him speak. Let's let him do what only he can do in our lives, because we can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. We're going to throw a picture up on the screen, and when I think of that take the green, if you are into NASCAR, maybe the Daytona 500 in two weeks, you want to watch it. It's really good, everybody. But right here, they would start the race. And you see all those cars, 40 cars that are going to come to get that green flag. And they're all going to start going 55 miles per hour, 65, whatever the limit is. And then they're going to get up to 200 miles per hour. And they're going to drive 200 miles per hour basically for four hours until the race is over uh, with a few wrecks. But they're going to be this close together or even more the whole time. Because it's what's called restrictor plate racing. You have to be together to go fast. They all will be together. If you get out, then you'll find them when they pass you on the other side. Because you're together, which means two, three wide. Sometimes it gets really fun when they go four wide because a wreck's coming. And you're going to watch just carnage take place. But when we think of the word and when we think of our walk with Jesus, these dudes, they can't just be like, well, I'm going to kind of just feather it into that green flag. Like, we'll just see what happens. You know what would happen? That long row of cars behind them would straight up take them out. Because when that green flag waves, they're all gunning it and they're going to go. And I want to encourage us, Radiant Life Church, we have to step into Jesus. We've got to go and let him move and speak. I would encourage you that maybe, maybe some of us in the room, we've been kind of just 
eh, we're here, we come on a Sunday morning, we do, we, we love Jesus, but we're not like intimate with him. We're not going, we're not letting him move and speak in our lives. Maybe in our parenting, in how we walk with friends, maybe in the things that we allow even to, to cause, uh, to ruffle our feathers and to, to get us upset. Maybe all of a sudden we realize, man, Lord Jesus, would you help me? Because I don't know about anybody else, but that flesh part, our own part, the us part, gets in the way, it can be quite often, of what God wants to do. I know in my life, Lord, let me stay out of it. Lord, let you do your thing. I want to live by your power, by your strength, what the word of God would say, the living way that is open for us through the curtain that is, uh, that is through his flesh, the tearing of that curtain. And we think of Jesus, we think of him coming to this earth, us being all in is only possible because of him being all in for us. You think of Jesus in heaven, that has to be pretty great. In fact, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm pretty excited for that day when I'm in heaven. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking to prematurely get to heaven. My wife would not be a big fan of that uh, at all, and I'm definitely praying that she does not prematurely go to heaven. But I can't wait Heaven is going to be awesome. It is going to be great. And Jesus was all in for us that he left heaven to come to be a man, to put almost controls on him that he would walk as a human, which meant as a small baby, he had to have his diaper changed. And as a little kid, he had to cry. Somehow he did all of this stuff without sinning, which is super amazing because anybody have a, a kid or you've been a kid, you, you understand kids sinning. Jesus was perfect. In fact, what would that have been like if you're Mary and Joseph? And he's a kid, but he never sinned. I can't imagine it. We have kids in my house. I can't imagine what that would have been like. That would have been pretty cool. That's what Jesus did. Like he gave it all for us, came to this earth, lived this sinless life. What kind of stuff did he do? He healed people and rose people from the dead and took care of them and got rid of leprosy in their life. And what did people do to him? They hated him and they crucified him. They put him on a cross. He was all in. That when he could have asked, Lord, take me from this, get this out. No, he took it. He was the sacrifice, that animal sacrifice. He, he was the sacrifice, but not of goats and animals, but of a pure, sinless sacrifice. The only one that could have done it so that you and I can experience Jesus. So we can be all in because he was all in for us. He didn't just kind of, eh, we'll see what happens. But he went to the cross for you and for me. He says, draw near to me. Today, there's only one way. Or there's no other way than all in and full throttle when it comes to Jesus. I want to encourage, maybe even just for the next few seconds in your own personal mind. Maybe on a one to ten scale. Maybe however you would rate yourself. Like, Where do you feel that you are when it comes to your all in nature with the Lord? Where do you feel, maybe another way to say it, your intimacy level with the Lord is? Where do you feel your understanding and your daily desire to be in the Word of God is? Where do you feel that your, your desire to spend time with Jesus in worship and prayer? Is it a Sunday morning thing and you love it when Pastor Sarah and the team leads us? And I'll tell you, what, I love worship. I love combined worship. I could do it all the time. I love when there's worship nights. I love when there's all the different things. I love going to worship concerts. I love worship. But is that something you do when other people are around and when it's easy or 
Is worship a part of who you are? Is that what you do? Is that who you are? Do you spend time with Jesus, maybe at a Tuesday morning prayer or a special prayer time or at an altar, but do you spend time all day, every day, just asking the Lord, what do you want to speak? I want to know you. I want to experience you. Is the word something that's like, yeah, I need to know it, and maybe I'm, I've been in JBQ, some others that have grown up in this church, uh, been in JBQ or TBQ, it's like, yeah, I've got, but have we made the word, and are we continuing to make the word a daily part of who we are? I want to encourage you in your own life to take stock of that. I was talking to one of our young adults, talking about a relationship with a young man just this morning. And that's the question that she's trying to find out. Where is this guy's spiritual walk? Not going to church, not doing church things, but individual spiritual walk. I want to ask you, where would you say you are if someone asked you that question? Because we need to be people that go all in with Jesus. I believe these discouraged Christians here that this book is written to. They had a problem of drawing near. They had a problem of knowing maybe the right way to go. Maybe they just lost their intimate relationship with Jesus. And today, I don't want any of us in this room to be consistent church attenders without a true love and intimacy with our Father. That would be a waste. I don't want to get some of what God has, but I want us all to get all that God will give us. And as we say yes, as we go in and we say the green flag is waved, I've given my life to the Lord, it's time, let's do it. Lord, what do you have for me? As we continue here in this portion of Scripture, we take the green, right, we step into Jesus. But then in verse 23 it said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And I believe that when we begin to look at what is being said here, that it's like, hold on to me, come to me, be all in with me, I've got you, draw near to me. And then there's the extra part of hold on. There's the extra part of you can make it. There's the extra part of the one who called is faithful. And the problem is that if we're not intimate with our Father, if we don't spend time with Him, and we don't spend time knowing Him and experiencing Him, then when we have problems and times in our life when we don't know what to do in our own strength, or we're like, we feel like we're in that tunnel, we feel like we're in a dark moment, a dark spot, then we don't have the, the uh, relational uh, moment with Jesus to be able to hold on to our Father. And so then we feel separated from God when things aren't easy. Anybody else, when it's easy, it's easy to be a Christian, it's easy to be a good parent, it's easy to do your job, it's easy to, like, life is easy. But then something happens, and unfortunately, we are in a sinful, fallen world, so sometimes we mess it up, because we're not perfect. Sometimes a friend or a family member, even someone really close might mess up something in your life. Sometimes a job goes away. Sometimes you're just driving your car down the road. And yesterday, Rachel and I saw this young man on Industrial Parkway, the roads were really clear, but somehow he got his tire out of the really clear and went across the road right through like a little intersection thing directly into a ditch, and the front of his car was just like shattered, probably totaled his car, and he thought right before that, all is good, and then you could see him standing there just looking at his car. It was like, what just happened? Anybody ever been in a moment where it's like, I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and there's just things 
that happen. And when we understand and we have relationship with Jesus, then we have the ability to say, Lord, this is a moment I need to seriously hold on to you. This is a moment when I don't have the strength. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But Lord, I'm going to hold on to you. And maybe you've had one of those car wreck moments where all of a sudden you don't want to know what to do and you call your insurance agent and your insurance agent kind of just takes care of it all and you end up getting a check so you can buy a new car. Anybody ever been in that spot? It's terrible and then you're like, well, the check's in hand and here we go. Well, with God, if we don't know what to hold on to, if we don't have the right number to call because we've not been, then we're going to miss out on what he wants to do and how he wants to navigate us through the issues and the problems and the things that come in our life. But when we're with him and we know him, then we have the strength and the ability because he's spoken it, that we can uh, know him and hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. When it's difficult, he's still faithful. And when I know him and experience him and walk in him, then I experience the faithful God personally, I believe, more in the time when it's difficult because all of a sudden I realize, Lord, I need you. And when it's easy, sometimes it's easy just to do our thing, but when it's difficult, we realize, Lord, thank you. Thank you for discipline. Thank you for the ability to just say yes to you, to go all in with you and what you are doing and what you are saying. When I think of the taking this green and I, I think of watching out for that yellow because he's faithful. In the beginning of this year, in January, I stepped on a scale and the scale said 200.8 pounds, which for some of you, that may not mean anything to me. That's like a, that is not acceptable personally for me. I was like, that is no way. I've always been like 175 and all of a sudden I'm like 200 is just that number in my mind that it's not going to work. So I decided it is time to get it together. It is time to start working out. Uh, the staff, people that know me would laugh. It's time to eat, drink less Dr. Pepper and pop. I'm not saying gone. I'm just saying less. So you're not like four or five or six, but like one, two or three, right? That's half. So that's good. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's moderation. It's okay. Uh, whatever your thing might be, you know, like, and since then, I have exercised almost every day, maybe give or take six days in the last 30, however many we're up to, 35 days or so, 37 days. So I've been really consistent running, uh, playing racquetball. Those are my two things I do, my treadmill, uh, and running a long time where I can like watch a whole movie. So short movie, hour and 20 minutes, or run an hour and 20 minutes. And I've lost a bunch of weight. I've built muscle. And you know what happens? You start feeling a little bit better. It's amazing, isn't it? A little bit of discipline, a little bit of I got to do something. All of a sudden you're like, Whoa, like, come on. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just better. Life is better. And the same thing I think happens with Jesus that we start, and I'll tell you what, the first three or four weeks was horrible. I hated every single time I ran. Racquetball, always good. Running, not always good. But then as I've ran, and as I've gone, as I've made myself do it, as I've said, you're going to get up, and you're going to get on that treadmill, and you're going to do it before you go to work, because if you don't, you're not going to do it later. I know myself, there's 0% chance, so I make myself get up early. I make myself go run on the treadmill. And if you're like me, you're like, well, but if I run on the treadmill, I have to sit there for 20 to 40 minutes to stop sweating, because if I take a shower and get out, guess what? 
I'm still sweating, right? So like it takes forever to be able to take a shower and to get on with the day. So you have to wake up and there's discipline. But you know what has happened? Now it's fun. I love it. I'm starting to get my time back. I'm running so much faster. I see it. I'm down like almost 10 pounds this week. I'll definitely get down 10 pounds, including building muscle, which means I've lost a whole lot more than that in fat. And the same thing happens with the word. The same thing happens when I spend time with him. The same things happens in corporate worship. The th- same thing happened when you began to spend time coming to church on Sunday morning. And not once a month or once every other week or a, few, you know, a couple times, a few times. But when you said, this is what I'm going to do, maybe for a while it's like, man, I like my Sunday morning. If I get to sleep in, that's really nice. That's a lot of time. And then as time goes on, Hopefully you're like me. We're like, if I'm not at church on Sunday morning, my whole week doesn't make sense. I don't even know what to do with myself. And the feeling, the spiritual disconnectedness with our church, as well as it's like the reset of my week. Preferably church and then starting today, once again, NASCAR for a good solid nap on Sunday afternoon. It's perfect, right? Like the Lord does his thing, but we have to be committed to the word. And when it's difficult, When it's like, I don't know that I'm getting anything from this. You are. I promise you you are. But when you don't feel it, that we stay disciplined. We stay disciplined to the word. We stay disciplined to worship. We stay disciplined to spending time in prayer. And all of a sudden we realize that my favorite part of the week is Sunday morning, is Tuesday morning prayer time, is getting alone with Jesus. For me, right after I run, then I sit on my Bowflex, and I may or may not actually do anything with my Bowflex, but I sit there, and I listen and read the Word of God, and I spend uh, 20 minutes or so while I'm cooling down, just reading the Word, letting that saturate into my life to start the day off. And all of a sudden, it's fun. It's what I desire, and when I don't do it, it's not like guilt. It's not like, oh, I'm a failure. It's like, I crave it. I want it. I want to do my exercise for my physical body, and I want to commit and be with Jesus. I want to see intimacy with Jesus. And when we realize, Lord, I've got to step into you. What you've done allows me to enter in. And when I realize that what you've done, you're faithful, you're true, that when I don't know what to do, all of a sudden, I, I'm good because I'm going to hold on to Jesus. He's faithful. He's true. And if I feel it, that's great, easier. When I don't feel it, it doesn't matter because I know he's faithful because he walks with me. And we've talked and we've been together and we're going to do it today and tomorrow and the next day. And no matter what's going on, no matter whether it's easy or whether it's really difficult, no matter whether it's like Joseph, the last five weeks that we've been going through that series, and it's just like everything that could possibly go bad went bad for him, including a pit, including being sold into slavery, including being accused of rape, including getting put into jail, all of it. Jesus, God walked with him and got him to a place where he could save his people, his family, and really the world from famine and starvation. We realize he's faithful even when I don't know, even when I don't see, even when I don't feel it. And we can make it because we know that the one who promised is faithful because we know him. He didn't leave. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left. He's got you. He's faithful. Hold on to him. With Jesus, you can make it through any obstacle that comes your way. This next picture that we're going to throw up on the screen, uh, one of my favorite moments is a good fashion wreck at Daytona when it is just crazy. And if you are not a NASCAR fan, that looks a little bit dangerous. They're going 200 miles per hour, which means 
uh, like three or four times more than you've ever been in a car, probably. Uh, maybe not four, but three. They're going and they're wrecking and everything is going crazy. And you see my driver down here on the bottom. He's just getting a little push through that storm, through that craziness. And I don't know for sure, but he probably saved that car and went right underneath the carnage that was going on. And I believe that when we walk with the Lord, even when everything is blowing up around us, even when there's a caution, even when it's crazy, the Lord's with us. And even if we're one of the cars that is wrecked out in there, and that's what we feel like, he's faithful. He didn't leave you. He didn't abandon you. But oftentimes when we're with him, we realize that instead of doing our own thing, he navigates us through the problem, through the storm. He gets us on the other side. And we don't have to be left there in a mess. He's got you. He loves you. Go all in with Jesus. In the last couple verses here, before we head out for the day, verse 24 and 5. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Something we do for each other, with each other. We need to consider this together. How do we push each other? How do we keep each other moving in the right direction? How do we see people that are around us? And how do we personally make sure that there's people that are pushing us, that know us, that know what's going on in our life? That maybe sometime when I need a little bit of redirection, they're there to help me. They're like guardrails in my life that I'm not going to go off the cliff because my friends, my brothers, my sisters are there to push me back on. Sometimes to, to need to be tough love and to encourage away from something I'm doing that is hurtful. Sometimes it's just to encourage and to love and to just, just make life better. Sometimes maybe we have the things of life and there's sickness or there's a problem or a loss of job, who better than our brothers and sisters to push us towards what God has, towards love, towards good work, to how we, we reach out. Verse 25 then goes on, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And when we begin to look and, and put this all together, that I have to step into Jesus, that I have to realize his faithfulness so I can hold on to him, the one that is promised. And then it ends with, don't forsake this assembling of yourselves together. Consider how to spur one another on. Consider how to push each other towards the right things. Consider that we can't do this on ourselves, by ourselves. We're weak when we're by ourselves, but when we are together, when we're united, when we know each other, we truly get each other, you can make it through anything. If you've experienced Jesus, you've stepped into him, you hold on to him, and you've got a brother that a sister that when you're weak, they're going to help you, they're going to push you, they're going to carry you. And when I think of life groups and I think of Radiant Life Church, that's who we are. The last picture that we have, or there's, I guess, two more, but the, the next picture is of a pit stop. Every single one of the people on that screen, around that car, if they do not do their job, if the rear tire changer doesn't change that tire, if the gas man doesn't get enough gas in, if, if the jack man doesn't jack the car up all the way, then a 12.8 second stop goes to a 14.8 second stop. And if you're going 200 miles per hour at the Daytona 500, two seconds is a long time. 
If you're on a road course, two seconds, that is a long time. That is hard to win back. But when everybody is there doing their job, getting the car jacked up, getting the tire off, getting the tire on, getting new gas in, including the little things, things you don't think about, but there's a tear off on the windshield. And one dude goes and pulls the little piece of orange tape and tears off the tear off. Why? Have you ever driven your car and pushed the little button for the water to get rid of bugs? Imagine 200 miles per hour around Daytona that can't see anymore. We need our brothers and our sisters to be with us, to pull a tear off, to help fill us back up, to help where we need to be to make that happen. Because if it does not, and if we do not have each other, we do not get to where we want to go. In fact, now the final picture. Two really cool moments. But a long time ago, Jeff Gordon, he won the Brickyard 400. And at the Brickyard, there's a yard of bricks that is the start finish line and they went out as a team and they kissed the bricks now we we looked at some pictures it looked kind of disgusting they're like it was a very gritty kiss for a lot of these dudes and it was great but the key is they did it together as a team because they could not have won without all of the people being there with each other they wouldn't have made it to where they wanted to be Jeff Gordon would have been, wouldn't have been one of the best drivers for a period of time without the whole team. Castro Nevis, Julio Castro Nevis, who just won the Rolex 24, which is not NASCAR, but it's a 24-hour race at Daytona. Literally, they race for 24 straight hours. Start the clock, 24 hours later, that's when it ends. There's four drivers. He drove most of the time for his team. They won, and as a team, they climbed the fence because it wasn't one of them, but it was all of them. You can only see a few, but there's a whole line of them. And I want to encourage us to be a church and a people, that we are biblical in our walk with Jesus, that we know I can't do it by myself. I need brothers and sisters around me to push me on, to spur me on, to do what God has called me to do. If I'm going to reach out and see the lost come to know the Lord, I need you with me, and you need me with you. We need each other. When problems come, we need each other. When things are going well and it's just smooth and it's easy to just be complacent, we need each other. We need each other to see God do what he wants to do, see that fulfillment take place. And I pray that we would be the rad fam who climbs the fence, that kisses the bricks through life groups, that we do it together because we're in the word of God. Thankfully today, you don't have to actually kiss any brick or climb up some fence that's leaned back like this. It's wild what they do. We don't actually have to do that. But together, when we're in the Word together, when we're spending time together, when we're encouraging each other, church, we're not alone. We get to do this thing together. We get to win our world. One more for Jesus. We get to do it together. And I want to encourage you, if you feel on the outside, if you feel like you aren't a part of the family, maybe you see it, you see other people, but you're like, I, I don't feel that I am. I want to encourage you, get signed up. Don't stay on the outside. Join a group. In fact, make us have an issue that we don't have enough groups, which we just added six new groups. We're super excited. I think we have 20 groups. It's amazing. We'll, we'll start every group we need to start because there's nothing more important than the body of Christ coming together and spurring one another on toward what Jesus has. If you're just holding on, I guarantee you, 
if you'll give a couple of hours on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever night you pick, you will see. Maybe not in one week. It might feel like a discipline. But as you go, you're going to see God move and God speak. I was talking to Dave McFerrin before service. He was talking about their group, how he loves it. A whole bunch of, they just love Jesus. They love the study. They love the time together. He's like, we go so deep and we just get to really grow in our faith and our walk with the Lord. Like super awesome, right? You can't get any better than that. That's what it's all about. And then he just kept talking about it. Why? Because he sees the value. He could study at home, but it's different when I study with you and you and you and we come together and our life experiences and how the word pours into that. And today, I want to encourage us as Radiant Life Church. If you're not a part of a group, if you're not a part of a team, we have sign-ups for that too, the two ways that we push community more than any other. I want to encourage you, get a card, fill it out. If you put at the top and you don't circle a group, uh, which would be just, you know, picking a group, then we'll help you. We'll contact you. We'll get you involved. Some of you have signed up online. You're going to get followed up with this week. We want you to be a part Because we're stronger when we're together. And Radiant Life, we are going to do fun stuff. We're going to have Easter egg hunts and all those things are coming back this year. And we're going to have seven or eight times where special services next week. Be sure to wear your favorite team gear, Rad Fam gear, Radiant Life gear. That works for sure if you're not a sport fan. Uh, All those good things. But what matters more than an event is being together. And it's a place to bring a friend to a group of six or eight, ten other adults that they might not even know the Lord yet. Call it inReach, a night where we just have fun and play, play games, do whatever you do as a group to have fun. We do outreach through our groups. We do it because it matters, because it's important to be with each other. So as we close today, I want to encourage you. In fact, our ushers, if uh, we could have some people bring cards. Anybody need one of these cards? Anybody, we've got a couple up here, so perfect. If you can just hold your hands up, they'll be bringing those up here. Uh, if you need one, be sure to grab one. You can fill it out, definitely your name, your email, your phone. Circle one if you know, whether it would be right up here. There's, there's somebody, a couple on this side over here. Uh, and then you can circle it. If you leave them blank, we will contact you, and we will help you get into one that would fit. So if you just want to uh, be... Uh, you, you don't know which one you want to do. We'll help you out. We'll, we'll do that. Or you can circle one, circle two. If one would fill up, then we will give you a call and figure out what to do. Because we want it to be 10, 12, somewhere in that range. We don't want 40 people in a group because we want communication. We don't want a small church. We want a small group. And uh, so I would encourage you, fill this card out. And we would love to get you involved. In the very top left corner, Pastor Chris and Rachel, my wife and I, our foundations group, we are going through foundations. This is our leadership group to become a part, to understand what's happening at Radiant Life Church. I would love to have you come and join us. We love hosting. Friday nights is when we meet starting this week. They're every other week. So every other week we'll do, meet about nine times before at the end of May. We'll be done for the summer. It's just that period of time. Then you can sign up in the fall. And we've seen that generally people are like, we want to stay in our group. We want to keep that relationship going. Or if you go to a group and you're like, eh, I'm not sure if this is it, let us know and we'll put you in a different group until you find a group that fits. It's not about being jammed into something, but it's about where can you learn, grow, and experience Jesus. So I'm going to pray for these three things. Maybe somebody today, you need to step into Jesus. Maybe you need to give your life to him. Maybe 
we're not talking about relationship, but you've not been walking with the intimacy that you know you want, you desire. I encourage you, make a step into Jesus today. Take the green flag. Maybe today you're walking through a problem, that tunnel, that dark spot. He's faithful. Let God, the faithful one, lead you through. Hold tight to him. And let's do it together. Let's accomplish what he's called us to together as the family of believers. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the habit of some is. The people here, they needed it. Maybe you do. Let's jump in. Let's go in all things towards Jesus. So Lord, this morning we thank you. Thank you for this amazing church, this amazing group of people. Lord, we thank you for so many last season, Lord, that were in life groups, and for even more that today, Lord, are going to jump in, this weekend, going to jump in to community, to relationships, to experiencing you. And God, we are thankful. We're thankful that we don't do this life alone. We don't even walk in our Christianity Lord, by ourselves. We have brothers and sisters to help us in that personal commitment to you. Lord, so I pray that many would jump in, that no one would feel left out, but that we'd all be a part of groups, a part of teams, serving and doing life together. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You are so, so good. This morning for one or two or maybe more that they're walking through a dark spot, Lord, I pray they would have the strength to hold on to you to the one that's faithful, that they would see you. And even if it feels difficult right now, Lord, they would not let go, but they would hold on with everything they have to you. Their brothers and sisters would encourage them through. And lastly, Lord, if, and for anybody in the room that needs to take a step towards you to walk, probably all of us, to be more intimate with you, God, I pray you would help us. Help us know you more, love you more, love your word more, be in the word more, uh, and, and prayer more, be in worship. Lord, let that be the habit of our life, to live our life as worship to you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We're excited about what you're doing, how you're moving. And Lord, we know that we're going to grow in you as we do it together. So we thank you. We praise you and we worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. Once again, so good to be with you on Super Bowl week. Now, real fast, before we jump into the word and the important stuff, I just need to know how many people in the room could care less about football? You just do not care? Well, stand up. I just want to, we're going to do a little, yeah, stand up if you could care less. Look at all of you. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, you can go ahead and, and have a seat. Now, how many of you, this Super Bowl, you really care because you are a true, not like a bandwagon, but you are a true Bengals fan? Like, this is a miracle, by the way. We know the Lord does miracles because somehow the Bengals. Anybody in the room? Okay, one? Okay, a couple? Okay, there we go. I was going to say, uh, there's a few, uh, <laughs> which is good. Now, how many of you, like Pastor David, are Los Angeles Rams fans? Give me a zero in the room. I like it. That's good. So only Pastor David in both services, in case you were wondering. That's it. But really, my question, more important, is who is excited for what's coming today, which is the start of NASCAR 2022? Anybody NASCAR fans in the room? Would you all stand for me? 
Oh man, that's, that's hurtful. My daughter, she stood for me. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love NASCAR. And so this week, before we get into Super Bowl week, when we're talking about teams, I'm going to talk about a little NASCAR stuff. And if you don't like it, you don't need to worry about it. It's not really important to the sermon. But we're going to talk a little bit about NASCAR because I love it. Including today at three o'clock, this is going to be crazy, but there is the NASCAR race in the LA Coliseum, which is where the USC football team plays, and they built a racetrack in the LA Coliseum for today only. For this one race, they spent like $2 million, and then they're going to rip it all out because football comes back. And uh, it is amazing. Last night they had some qualifying, some practice, super fun. So if you do not like NASCAR, this would be a great time to just try it out. Try it out. Like, why not just check it out on Fox today? Super fun. But we're going to talk a little bit about it because I have realized as time has gone on that somehow, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, I'm way more excited about this week, the clash at the Coliseum, and in two weeks, the Daytona 500 than I am about the Super Bowl. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just being real. I'm confessing to you all. Some of you, my view, your view of me just went way down, and that's all right. I can handle it. But that's just where I am. But I love the thought of teams and of team sports. Now, you're probably like, but NASCAR is not a team sport. Wrong. You do not know. NASCAR is a super big team sport. And in fact, I am a huge Chase Elliott fan, William Byron fan, who uh, is a great Christian young man, goes to Liberty University, a uh, great guy. And I love it. And there's Hendrick Motorsports. There's all these teams. There's drivers up to four that could be on one team that they all race individually in a race, but they work together. They do everything together. There's pit crews and there's all the people. There's the mechanics. Hendrick Motorsports has over 200 people that works to make these four cars happen. Anybody know that? That's wild, isn't it? It's a team effort because if they get to the track and their car is not ready, they will not do well. It doesn't matter. Jeff, back in the day, Jeff Gordon, it doesn't matter. He was the best driver. If he didn't have the car, it didn't make any difference how good of a driver he was. If his pit crew didn't make it happen. And in our, our life with Jesus, I think sometimes we want to be the celebrity Christian. In other words, we just want to do our thing in our way. And I have my walk with Jesus, and I do what I do, and that's just what I want. But I think the word is very clear that we need each other. In fact, I would say way more than we understand. You need the person in front of you and behind you and to your left and your right in, in this room today. It's not something that we should try to just do ourselves. In fact, in the New Testament church, uh, it talks about over and over and over about going house to house and eating together and encouraging each other. It talks about the importance of communing together, the importance of sharing the word of God together. We see, in fact, in the New Testament many times where cool stories happen in someone's house where someone is preaching or where something is happening or where there's a group together, including someone falling out of window because he was bored to death, right? Anybody? I hope that's not you this morning, but even if it is, right, God can do a miracle and bring that person back. In homes, things happen. And so today we're going to be talking about the importance of groups. And in fact, as you came in, hopefully everybody got one of these nifty life group sign-up cards because we would love to have you be a part of life groups. And we'll get into that as we go. But today we're going to look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. 
use a little bit of NASCAR, some pictures. Maybe today we'll have won one of you over. I'm not counting on it, but one of you over in the NASCAR uh, camp to watch the race today. Uh, but way more important, I hope every one of us will listen to the word, what God speaks, what he has, because I believe he wants to speak to some people in the house today. And specifically, if you feel alone, specifically, if you feel far from God, if specifically, in fact, in the first service, uh, Neha gave a word that I thought was so good for this sermon and today about in India that they, had ton- or they have tunnels. And in America, our tunnels that you go through are fully lit, like super bright all the time. In fact, it, they might be brighter than the outside sometimes. Sometimes you go in and you're like, wow, these are bright. Like drive your car through or uh, especially with new lighting, all of those things. But in India, where she was, there were a lot of times where tunnels would be pitch black. There wouldn't be light. So if you were in a tunnel and you did not have light, you could not see. And she just was seeing this, that when we walk with God, God will give us that next step and light up that next step. And we may still be in a dark place. We may still be in a place where if that is not, if God is not, or if that candle's not on, then we are not going to be able to see and where to go. But God wants to walk with us, that he loves us. So I want to encourage you, before we even jump into the Word this morning, that we're in this together. We've got this together. This is a team sport that we have as we walk with Jesus. Your individual walk with Him combines, and we all come together and get to see what God does. So let's, let's read this morning Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and then look at it, what it might say to us today. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to, uh, to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This word, these few verses are so rich and so powerful. There's so much good stuff that we can learn and that we can grow and that we can experience in Jesus today. So as we start, the first thing we see here is that you need to take the green. You have to step into Jesus. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. I don't know about anybody else in the room. If you've done study or you know about the Bible, Old Testament, animal sacrifices, all the stuff they had to do in the Old Testament, I am so thankful that we live now and that Jesus' blood has already covered it because I don't know how I would do with like chopping up animals and putting blood on stuff and sprinkling blood on like all this crazy stuff that was a part of animal sacrifice. Jesus came, he died, he rose again from the grave, he did his part so we now can enter with confidence and I'm so thankful not confidence because you or I are great. Anybody else in the room, you're like, uh, sometimes I like to think of myself as okay or great, maybe. But then we start to actually look at our life and we say, oh man, I wish I was a whole lot better, 
right? Anybody, like, I wish I was so much better. I wish I could do what I want to do. In fact, Paul said it really, really well. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. Maybe some of us can relate, where it's like, Lord, I try, I want to, but it doesn't always happen. Well, I want you to know today, it's not on your good works or on how awesome you are or on what you have done. It's Jesus and what he did on the cross that gives you the confidence to step into him. And I want you to know if you try to do this thing with Jesus on your own power, in your own strength, it will be frustrating. I think I would use the word, it will be religion. It'll just be something you try to do. It'll be effort. But when we walk with Jesus, he goes with us and he will give us strength to overcome. We don't stay where we once were. No, we want to keep moving in him, but we, we go by him and we win and we're victorious because of him. And this new living way, the sacrifice of who Jesus is, our new high priest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus, our new high priest over the house of God, which means let's draw near to Jesus. Let's draw near to him. Let's let him move and him speak. Let's let him do what only he can do in our lives because we can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. We're going to throw a picture up on the screen. And when I think of that, take the green. If you are into NASCAR, maybe the Daytona 500 in two weeks, you want to watch it. It's really good, everybody. But right here, they would start the race. And you see all those cars, 40 cars that are going to come to get that green flag. And they're all going to start going 55 miles per hour, 65, whatever the limit is. And then they're going to get up to 200 miles per hour. And they're going to drive 200 miles per hour basically for four hours until the race is over uh, with a few wrecks. But they're going to be this close together or even more the whole time because it's what's called restrictor plate racing. You have to be together to go fast. They all will be together. If you get out, then you'll find them when they pass you on the other side because you're together which means two three wide sometimes it gets really fun when they go four wide because a wreck's coming and you're going to watch just carnage take place but when we think of the word and when we think of our walk with Jesus these dudes they can't just be like well I'm going to kind of just feather it into that green flag like we'll just see what happens you know what would happen that long row of cars behind them would straight up take them out because when that green flag waves, they're all gunning it and they're going to go. And I want to encourage us, Radiant Life Church, we have to step into Jesus. We've got to go and let him move and speak. I would encourage you that maybe, maybe some of us in the room, we've been kind of just, eh, we're here. We come on a Sunday morning. We do, we, we love Jesus, but we're not like intimate with him. We're not going. We're not letting him move and speak in our lives. Maybe in our parenting and how we walk with friends. Maybe in the things that we allow even to, to cause, uh, to ruffle our feathers and to, to get us upset. Maybe all of a sudden we realize, man, Lord Jesus, would you help me? Because I don't know about anybody else. But that flesh part, our own part, the us part gets in the way. It can be quite often of what God wants to do. I know in my life, Lord, let me stay out of it. Lord, let you do your thing. I want to live by your power by your strength, what the word of God would say, the living way that is open for us through the curtain that is, uh, that is through his flesh, the tearing of that curtain. And we think of Jesus, we think of him coming to this earth, us being all in is only possible because of him being all in for us. 
You think of Jesus in heaven, that has to be pretty great. In fact, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm pretty excited for that day when I'm in heaven. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking to prematurely get to heaven. My wife would not be a big fan of that uh, at all. And I'm definitely praying that she does not prematurely go to heaven. But I can't wait. Heaven is going to be awesome. It is going to be great. And Jesus was all in for us that he left heaven to come to be a man, to put almost controls on him that he would walk as a human, which meant as a small baby, he had to have his diaper changed. And as a little kid, he had to cry. Somehow he did all of this stuff without sinning, which is super amazing because anybody have a, a kid or you've been a kid, you, you understand kids sinning. Jesus was perfect. In fact, what would that have been like if you're Mary and Joseph and he's a kid, but he never sinned? I can't imagine it. We have kids in my house. I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. That would have been pretty cool. That's what Jesus did. Like he gave it all for us, came to this earth, lived this sinless life, what kind of stuff did he do? He healed people and rose people from the dead and took care of them and got rid of leprosy in their life. And what did people do to him? They hated him and they crucified him. They put him on a cross. He was all in. That when he could have asked, Lord, take me from this, get this out. No, he took it. He was the sacrifice, that animal sacrifice. He, he was the sacrifice, but not of goats and animals, but of a pure, sinless sacrifice. The only one that could have done it so that you and I can experience Jesus. So we can be all in because he was all in for us. He didn't just kind of, eh, we'll see what happens. But he went to the cross for you and for me. He says, draw near to me. Today, there's only one way, or there's no other way than all in and full throttle when it comes to Jesus. I want to encourage, maybe even just for the next few seconds in your own personal mind, maybe on a one to ten scale, maybe however you would rate yourself, like where do you feel that you are when it comes to your all-in nature with the Lord? Where do you feel, maybe another way to say it, your intimacy level with the Lord is? Where do you feel your understanding and your daily desire to be in the Word of God is? Where do you feel that your, your desire to spend time with Jesus in worship and prayer is it a Sunday morning thing and you love it when Pastor Sarah and the team leads us? And I'll tell you, what, I love worship. I love combined worship. I could do it all the time. I love when there's worship nights. I love when there's all the different things. I love going to worship concerts. I love worship. But is that something you do when other people are around and when it's easy or is worship a part of who you are? Is that what you do? Is that who you are? Do you spend time with Jesus, maybe at a Tuesday morning prayer or a special prayer time or at an altar, but do you spend time all day, every day, just asking the Lord, what do you want to speak? I want to know you. I want to experience you. Is the word something that's like, yeah, I need to know it, and maybe I'm, I've been in JBQ, some others that have grown up in this church, uh, been in JBQ or TBQ, it's like, yeah, I've got, but have we made the word and are we continuing to make the word? a daily part of who we are. I want to encourage you in your own life to take stock of that. I was talking to one of our young adults, talking about a relationship with a young man just this morning. And that's the question that she's trying to find out. Where is this guy's spiritual walk? Not going to church, not doing church things, but individual spiritual walk. I want to ask you, where would you say you are if someone asked you that question? 
Because we need to be people that go all in with Jesus. Believe these discouraged Christians here that this book is written to. They had a problem of drawing near. They had a problem of knowing maybe the right way to go. Maybe they just lost their intimate relationship with Jesus. And today, I don't want any of us in this room to be consistent church attenders without a true love and intimacy with our Father. That would be a waste. I don't want to get some of what God has, but I want us all to get all that God will give us. And as we say yes, as we go in and we say the green flag is waved, I've given my life to the Lord, it's time, let's do it. Lord, what do you have for me? As we continue here in this portion of Scripture, we take the green, right, we step into Jesus. But then in verse 23 it said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And I believe that when we begin to look at what is being said here, that it's like, hold on to me, come to me, be all in with me, I've got you, draw near to me. And then there's the extra part of hold on. There's the extra part of you can make it. There's the extra part of the one who called is faithful. And the problem is that if we're not intimate with our Father, if we don't spend time with Him, and we don't spend time knowing Him and experiencing Him, then when we have problems and times in our life when we don't know what to do in our own strength, or we're like, we feel like we're in that tunnel, we feel like we're in a dark moment, a dark spot, then we don't have the, the uh, relational uh, moment with Jesus to be able to hold on to our Father. And so then we feel separated from God when things aren't easy. Anybody else, when it's easy, it's easy to be a Christian, it's easy to be a good parent, it's easy to do your job, it's easy to, like, life is easy. But then something happens, and unfortunately, we are in a sinful, fallen world, so sometimes we mess it up, because we're not perfect. Sometimes a friend or a family member, even someone really close might mess up something in your life. Sometimes a job goes away. Sometimes you're just driving your car down the road. And yesterday, Rachel and I saw this young man on Industrial Parkway, the roads were really clear, but somehow he got his tire out of the really clear and went across the road right through like a little intersection thing directly into a ditch, and the front of his car was just like shattered, probably totaled his car, and he thought right before that, all is good, and then you could see him standing there just looking at his car. It was like, what just happened? Anybody ever been in a moment where it's like, I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and there's just things that happen. And when we understand and we have relationship with Jesus, then we have the ability to say, Lord, this is a moment I need to seriously hold on to you. This is a moment when I don't have the strength. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but Lord, I'm going to hold on to you. And maybe you've had one of those car wreck moments where all of a sudden you don't want to know what to do and you call your insurance agent and your insurance agent kind of just takes care of it all and you end up getting a check so you can buy a new car. Anybody ever been in that spot? It's terrible and then you're like, well, the check's in hand and here we go. Well, with God, if we don't know what to hold on to, if we don't have the right number to call because we've not been, then we're going to miss out on what he wants to do and how he wants to navigate us through the issues and the problems and the things that come in our life. But when we're with him and we know him, then we have the strength and the ability because he's spoken it 
that we can uh, know him and hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. When it's difficult, he's still faithful. And when I know him and experience him and walk in him, then I experience the faithful God personally, I believe, more in the time when it's difficult because all of a sudden I realize, Lord, I need you. And when it's easy, sometimes it's easy just to do our thing, but when it's difficult, we realize, Lord, thank you. Thank you for discipline. Thank you for the ability to just say yes to you, to go all in with you and what you are doing and what you are saying. When I think of the taking this green and I, I think of watching out for that yellow because he's faithful. In the beginning of this year, in January, I stepped on a scale and the scale said 200.8 pounds. Which for some of you, that may not mean anything to me. That's like a, that is not acceptable personally for me. I was like, that is no way. I've always been like 175 and all of a sudden I'm like 200 is just that number in my mind that it's not going to work. So I decided it is time to get it together. It is time to start working out. Uh, the staff, people that know me would laugh. It's time to eat, drink less Dr. Pepper and pop. I'm not saying gone. I'm just saying less. So you're not like four or five or six, but like one, two or three, right? That's half. So that's good. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's moderation. It's okay. Uh, whatever your thing might be, you know, like, and since then, I have exercised almost every day, maybe give or take six days in the last 30, however many we're up to, 35 days or so, 37 days. So I've been really consistent running, uh, playing racquetball. Those are my two things I do, my treadmill, uh, and running a long time where I can like watch a whole movie. So short movie, hour and 20 minutes, or run an hour and 20 minutes. And I've lost a bunch of weight. I've built muscle. And you know what happens? You start feeling a little bit better. It's amazing, isn't it? A little bit of discipline, a little bit of I got to do something. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, like come on. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just better. Life is better. And the same thing I think happens with Jesus that we start. And I'll tell you what, the first three or four weeks was horrible. I hated every single time I ran. Racquetball, always good. Running, not always good. But then as I've ran, and as I've gone, as I've made myself do it, as I've said, you're going to get up, and you're going to get on that treadmill, and you're going to do it before you go to work, because if you don't, you're not going to do it later. I know myself, there's 0% chance, so I make myself get up early. I make myself go run on the treadmill. And if you're like me, you're like, well... But if I run on the treadmill, I have to sit there for 20 to 40 minutes to stop sweating. Because if I take a shower and get out, guess what? I'm still sweating, right? So like it takes forever to be able to take a shower and to get on with the day. So you have to wake up and there's discipline. But you know what has happened? Now it's fun. I love it. I'm starting to get my time back. I'm running so much faster. I see it. I'm down like almost 10 pounds this week. I'll definitely get down 10 pounds, including building muscle, which means I've lost a whole lot more than that in fat. And the same thing happens with the word. The same thing happens when I spend time with him. The same things happens in corporate worship. The th same thing happened when you began to spend time coming to church on Sunday morning. And not once a month or once every other week or a few, you know, a couple times, a few times. But when you said, this is what I'm going to do, maybe for a while it's like, man, I like my Sunday morning. If I get to sleep in, that's really nice. That's a lot of time. And then as time goes on, hopefully you're like me. We're like, if I'm not at church on Sunday morning, my whole week doesn't make sense. I don't even know what to do with myself. 
And the feeling, the spiritual just connectedness with our church, as well as it's like the reset of my week. Preferably church, and then starting today, once again, NASCAR for a good solid nap on Sunday afternoon. It's perfect, right? Like the Lord does his thing, but we have to be committed to the word. And when it's difficult, when it's like, I don't know that I'm getting anything from this. You are, I promise you are. But when you don't feel it, that we stay disciplined. We stay disciplined to the word. We stay disciplined to worship. We stay disciplined to spending time in prayer. And all of a sudden we realize that my favorite part of the week is Sunday morning, is Tuesday morning prayer time, is getting alone with Jesus. For me, right after I run, then I sit on my Bowflex, and I may or may not actually do anything with my Bowflex, but I sit there and I listen and read the Word of God, and I spend uh, 20 minutes or so while I'm cooling down, just reading the Word, letting that saturate into my life to start the day off. And all of a sudden, it's fun. It's what I desire, and when I don't do it, it's not like guilt. It's not like, oh, I'm a failure. It's like, I crave it. I want it. I want to do my exercise for my physical body, and I want to commit and be with Jesus. I want to see intimacy with Jesus. And when we realize, Lord, I've got to step into you. What you've done allows me to enter in. And when I realize that what you've done, you're faithful, you're true, that when I don't know what to do, all of a sudden, I, I'm good because I'm going to hold on to Jesus. He's faithful. He's true. And if I feel it, that's great, easier. When I don't feel it, it doesn't matter because I know he's faithful because he walks with me. And we've talked and we've been together and we're going to do it today and tomorrow and the next day. And no matter what's going on, no matter whether it's easy or whether it's really difficult, no matter whether it's like Joseph, the last five weeks that we've been going through that series, and it's just like everything that could possibly go bad went bad for him, including a pit, including being sold into slavery, including being accused of rape, including getting put into jail, all of it. Jesus, God walked with him and got him to a place where he could save his people, his family, and really the world from famine and starvation. We realize he's faithful even when I don't know, even when I don't see, even when I don't feel it. And we can make it because we know that the one who promised is faithful because we know him. He didn't leave. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left. He's got you. He's faithful. Hold on to him. With Jesus, you can make it through any obstacle that comes your way. This next picture that we're going to throw up on the screen, uh, one of my favorite moments is a good fashion wreck at Daytona when it is just crazy. And if you are not a NASCAR fan, that looks a little bit dangerous. They're going 200 miles per hour, which means uh, like three or four times more than you've ever been in a car, probably. Uh, maybe not four, but three. They're going and they're wrecking and everything is going crazy. And you see my driver down here on the bottom. He's just getting a little push through that storm, through that craziness. And I don't know for sure but he probably saved that car and went right underneath the carnage that was going on. And I believe that when we walk with the Lord, even when everything is blowing up around us, even when there's a caution, even when it's crazy, the Lord's with us. And even if we're one of the cars that is wrecked out in there, and that's what we feel like, he's faithful. He didn't leave you. He didn't abandon you. But oftentimes when we're with him, we realize that instead of doing our own thing, he navigates us through the problem, through the storm. He gets us on the other side. And we don't have to be left there in a mess. He's got you. He loves you. 
go all in with Jesus. The last couple verses here before we head out for the day, verse 24 and 5. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Something we do for each other, with each other. We need to consider this together. How do we push each other? How do we keep each other moving in the right direction? How do we see people that are around us? And how do we personally make sure that there's people that are pushing us, that know us, that know what's going on in our life? That maybe sometime when I need a little bit of redirection, they're there to help me. They're like guardrails in my life that I'm not going to go off the cliff. Because my friends, my brothers, my sisters are there to push me back on. Sometimes to, to need to be tough love and to encourage away from something I'm doing that is hurtful. Or sometimes it's just to encourage and to love and to just, just make life better. Sometimes maybe we have the things of life and there's sickness or there's a problem or a loss of job. Who better than our brothers and sisters to push us towards what God has, towards love, towards good work, to how we, we reach out. Verse 25 then goes on, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And when we begin to look and, and put this all together, that I have to step into Jesus, that I have to realize his faithfulness so I can hold on to him, the one that is promised. And then it ends with, don't forsake this assembling of yourselves together. Consider how to spur one another on. Consider how to push each other towards the right things. Consider that we can't do this on ourse by ourselves. We're weak when we're by ourselves, but when we are together, when we're united, when we know each other, we truly get each other, you can make it through anything. If you've experienced Jesus, you've stepped into him, you hold on to him, and you've got a brother that a sister that when you're weak, they're going to help you, they're going to push you, they're going to carry you. And when I think of life groups and I think of Radiant Life Church, that's who we are. The last picture that we have, or there's, I guess, two more, but the, the next picture is of a pit stop. Every single one of the people on that screen, around that car, if they do not do their job, if the rear tire changer doesn't change that tire, if the gas man doesn't get enough gas in, if, if the jack man doesn't jack the car up all the way, then a 12.8 second stop goes to a 14.8 second stop. And if you're going 200 miles per hour at the Daytona 500, two seconds is a long time. If you're on a road course, two seconds, that is a long time. That is hard to win back. But when everybody is there doing their job, getting the car jacked up, getting the tire off, getting the tire on, getting new gas in, including the little things, things you don't think about, but there's a tear off on the windshield. And one dude goes and pulls the little piece of orange tape and tears off the tear off. Why? Have you ever driven your car and pushed the little button for the water to get rid of bugs? Imagine 200 miles per hour around Daytona that can't see anymore. We need our brothers and our sisters to be with us, to pull a tear off, to help fill us back up, to help where we need to be to make that happen. Because if it does not, and if we do not have each other, we do not get to where we want to go. In fact, now the final picture. Two really cool moments 
But a long time ago, Jeff Gordon, he won the Brickyard 400. And at the Brickyard, there's a yard of bricks that is the start-finish line. And they went out as a team, and they kissed the bricks. Now, we, t- we looked at some pictures. It looked kind of disgusting. They're, like, it was a very gritty kiss for a lot of these dudes. And it was great. But the key is they did it together as a team because they could not have won without all of the people being there with each other. They wouldn't have made it to where they wanted to be. Jeff Gordon would have been, wouldn't have been one of the best drivers for a period of time without the whole team. Castroneves, Julio Castroneves, who just won the Rolex 24, which is not NASCAR, but it's a 24-hour race at Daytona. Literally, they race for 24 straight hours. Start the clock, 24 hours later, that's when it ends. There's four drivers. He drove most of the time for his team. They won, and as a team, they climbed the fence because it wasn't one of them, but it was all of them. You can only see a few, but there's a whole line of them. And I want to encourage us to be a church and a people, that we are biblical in our walk with Jesus, that we know I can't do it by myself. I need brothers and sisters around me to push me on, to spur me on, to do what God has called me to do. If I'm going to reach out and see the lost come to know the Lord, I need you with me, and you need me with you. We need each other. When problems come, we need each other. When things are going well and it's just smooth and it's easy to just be complacent, we need each other. We need each other to see God do what he wants to do, to see that fulfillment take place. And I pray that we would be the rad fam who climbs the fence, that kisses the bricks through life groups, that we do it together because we're in the word of God. Thankfully today, you don't have to actually kiss any brick or climb up some fence that's leaned back like this. It's wild what they do. We don't actually have to do that. But together, when we're in the Word together, when we're spending time together, when we're encouraging each other, church, we're not alone. We get to do this thing together. We get to win our world. One more for Jesus. We get to do it together. And I want to encourage you, if you feel on the outside, if you feel like you aren't a part of the family, maybe you see it, you see other people, but you're like, I, I don't feel that I am. I want to encourage you, get signed up. Don't stay on the outside. Join a group. In fact, make us have an issue that we don't have enough groups, which we just added six new groups. We're super excited. I think we have 20 groups. It's amazing. We'll, we'll start every group we need to start because there's nothing more important than the body of Christ coming together and spurring one another on toward what Jesus has. If you're just holding on, I guarantee you, if you'll give a couple of hours on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever night you pick, you will see. Maybe not in one week. It might feel like a discipline. But as you go, you're going to see God move and God speak. I was talking to Dave McFerrin before service. He was talking about their group, how he loves it. A whole bunch of, they just love Jesus. They love the study. They love the time together. They're like, he's like, we go so deep and we just get to really grow in our faith and our walk with the Lord. Like super awesome, right? You can't get any better than that. That's what it's all about. And then he just kept talking about it. Why? Because he sees the value. He could study at home, but it's different when I study with you and you and you and we come together and our life experiences and how the word pours into that. And today, I want to encourage us as Radiant Life Church. If you're not a part of a group, 
If you're not a part of a team, we have signups for that too. The two ways that we push community more than any other. I don't encourage you, get a card, fill it out. If you put at the top and you don't circle a group, uh, which would be just, you know, picking a group, then we'll help you. We'll contact you. We'll get you involved. Some of you have signed up online. You're going to get followed up with this week. We want you to be a part because we're stronger when we're together. And Radiant Life, we are going to do fun stuff. We're going to have Easter egg hunts and all those things are coming back this year. And we're going to have seven or eight times where special services next week. Be sure to wear your favorite team gear, Rad Fam gear, Radiant Life gear. That's, that works for sure if you're not a sport fan. Uh, all those good things. But what matters more than an event is being together. And it's a place to bring a friend to a group of six or eight, ten other adults that they might not even know the Lord yet. Call it inreach, a night where we just have fun and play, play games, do whatever you do as a group to have fun. We do outreach through our groups. We do it because it matters, because it's important to be with each other. So as we close today, I want to encourage you. In fact, our ushers, if uh, we could have some people bring cards. Anybody need one of these cards? Anybody? We've got a couple up here, so perfect. If you can just hold your hands up, they'll be bringing those up here. Uh, if you need one, be sure to grab one. You can fill it out, definitely your name, your email, your phone. Circle one if you know, whether it would be right up here. There's, there's somebody, a couple on this side over here. Uh, and then you can circle it. If you leave them blank, we will contact you, and we will help you get into the one that would fit. So if you just want to uh, be, uh, you, you don't know which one you want to do, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll do that. Or you can circle one, circle two. If one would fill up, then we will give you a call and figure out what to do. Because we want it to be 10, 12, somewhere in that range. We don't want 40 people in a group because we want communication. We don't want a small church. We want a small group. And uh, so I would encourage you, fill this card out. And we would love to get you involved. In the very top left corner, Pastor Chris and Rachel, my wife and I, our foundations group, we are going through foundations. This is our leadership group to become a part, to understand what's happening at Radiant Life Church. I would love to have you come and join us. We love hosting. Friday nights is when we meet starting this week. They're every other week. So every other week we'll do, meet about nine times before at the end of May. We'll be done for the summer. It's just that period of time. Then you can sign up in the fall. And we've seen that generally people are like, we want to stay in our group. We want to keep that relationship going. Or if you go to a group and you're like, eh, I'm not sure if this is it, let us know and we'll put you in a different group until you find a group that fits. It's not about being jammed into something, but it's about where can you learn, grow, and experience Jesus. So I'm going to pray for these three things. Maybe somebody today, you need to step into Jesus. Maybe you need to give your life to him. Maybe we're not talking about relationship, but you've not been walking with the intimacy that you know you want, you desire. I encourage you, make a step into Jesus today. Take the green flag. Maybe today you're walking through a problem, that tunnel, that dark spot. He's faithful. Let God, the faithful one, lead you through. Hold tight to him. And let's do it together. Let's accomplish what he's called us to together as the family of believers. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the habit of some is. The people here, they needed it. Maybe you do. Let's jump in. Let's 
go in all things towards Jesus. So Lord, this morning we thank you. Thank you for this amazing church, this amazing group of people. Lord, we thank you for so many last season, Lord, that were in life groups, and for even more that today, Lord, are going to jump in, this weekend, going to jump in to community, to relationships, to experiencing you. And God, we are thankful. We're thankful that we don't do this life alone. We don't even walk in our Christianity Lord, by ourselves. We have brothers and sisters to help us in that personal commitment to you. Lord, so I pray that many would jump in, that no one would feel left out, but that we'd all be a part of groups, a part of teams, serving and doing life together. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You are so, so good. This morning for one or two or maybe more that they're walking through a dark spot, Lord, I pray they would have the strength to hold on to you to the one that's faithful, that they would see you. And even if it feels difficult right now, Lord, they would not let go, but they would hold on with everything they have to you. Their brothers and sisters would encourage them through. And lastly, Lord, if, and for anybody in the room that needs to take a step towards you to walk, probably all of us, to be more intimate with you, God, I pray you would help us. Help us know you more, love you more, love your word more, be in the word more, uh, and, and prayer more, be in worship. Lord, let that be the habit of our life, to live our life as worship to you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We're excited about what you're doing, how you're moving. And Lord, we know that we're going to grow in you as we do it together. So we thank you. We praise you. And we worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. Once again, so good to be with you on Super Bowl week. Now, real fast, before we jump into the word and the important stuff, I just need to know how many people in the room could care less about football? You just do not care? Well, stand up. I just want to, we're going to do a little, yeah, stand up if you could care less. Look at all of you. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, you can go ahead and, and have a seat. Now, how many of you, this Super Bowl, you really care because you are a true, not like a bandwagon, but you are a true Bengals fan? Like, this is a miracle, by the way. We know the Lord does miracles because somehow the Bengals. Anybody in the room? Okay, one? Okay, a couple? Okay, there we go. I was going to say, I, there's a few, uh, <laughs> which is good. Now, how many of you, like Pastor David, are Los Angeles Rams fans? Give me a zero in the room. I like it. That's good. So only Pastor David in both services, in case you were wondering. That's it. But really, my question, more important, is who is excited for what's coming today, which is the start of NASCAR 2022? Anybody NASCAR fans in the room? Would you all stand for me? <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's hurtful. My daughter, she stood for me. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love NASCAR. And so this week, before we get into Super Bowl week, when we're talking about teams, I'm going to talk about a little NASCAR stuff. And if you don't like it, you don't need to worry about it. It's not really important to the sermon. But we're going to talk a little bit about NASCAR because I love it, including today at three o'clock. This is going to be crazy, but there is the NASCAR race in the LA Coliseum, which is where the USC football team plays. And they built a racetrack in the LA Coliseum for today only. For this one race, they spent like $2 million, and then they're going to rip it all out because football comes back. And uh, it is amazing. Last night they had some qualifying, some practice, super fun. So if you do not like NASCAR, this would be a great time to just try it out. Try it out. Like, why not just check it out on Fox today? Super fun. 
But we're going to talk a little bit about it, because I have realized as time has gone on that somehow, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, I'm way more excited about this week, the clash at the Coliseum, and in two weeks, the Daytona 500, than I am about the Super Bowl. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just being real. I'm confessing to you all. Some of you, my view, your view of me just went way down, and that's all right. I can handle it. But that's just where I am. But I love the thought of teams and of team sports. Now, you're probably like, but NASCAR is not a team sport. Wrong. You do not know. NASCAR is a super big team sport. And in fact, I am a huge Chase Elliott fan, William Byron fan, who uh, is a great Christian young man, goes to Liberty University, a great guy. And I love it. And there's Hendrick Motorsports. There's all these teams. There's drivers up to four that could be on one team that they all race individually in a race, but they work together. They do everything together. There's pit crews and there's all the people. There's the mechanics. Hendrick Motorsports has over 200 people that works to make these four cars happen. Anybody know that? That's wild. And it's a team effort because if they get to the track and their car is not ready, they will not do well. It doesn't matter. Jeff, back in the day, Jeff Gordon, it doesn't matter. He was the best driver. If he didn't have the car, it didn't make any difference how good of a driver he was. If his pit crew didn't make it happen. And in our, our life with Jesus, I think sometimes we want to be the celebrity Christian. In other words, we just want to do our thing in our way. And I have my walk with Jesus, and I do what I do, and that's just what I want. But I think the word is very clear that we need each other. In fact, I would say way more than we understand. You need the person in front of you and behind you and to your left and your right in, in this room today. It's not something that we should try to just do ourselves. In fact, in the New Testament church, uh, it talks about over and over and over about going house to house and eating together and encouraging each other. It talks about the importance of communing together, the importance of sharing the word of God together. We see, in fact, in the New Testament many times where cool stories happen in someone's house where someone is preaching or where something is happening or where there's a group together, including someone falling out of window because he was bored to death, right? Anybody? I hope that's not you this morning, but even if it is, right, uh, God can do a miracle and bring that person back. Like, in homes, things happen. And so today, we're going to be talking about the importance of groups, and in fact, as you came in, hopefully everybody got one of these nifty life group sign-up cards, because we would love to have you be a part of life groups. And we'll get into that as we go, but today we're going to look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, Use a little bit of NASCAR, some pictures. Maybe today we'll have won one of you over. I'm not counting on it. But one of you over in the NASCAR uh, camp to watch the race today. Uh, but way more important, I hope every one of us will listen to the word, what God speaks, what he has. Because I believe he wants to speak to some people in the house today. And specifically, if you feel alone, specifically, if you feel far from God, if specifically, in fact, in the first service, uh, Neha gave a word that I thought was so good for this sermon and today about in India that they, had tun or they have tunnels. And in America, our tunnels that you go through are fully lit, like super bright all the time. In fact, it, they might be brighter than the outside sometimes. Sometimes you go in and you're like, wow, these are bright. Like drive your car through or uh, especially with new lighting, all of those things. But in India, where she was, there were a lot of times where tunnels would be pitch black. There wouldn't be light. So if you were in a tunnel and you did not have light, you could not see. 
And she just was seeing this, that when we walk with God, God will give us that next step and light up that next step. And we may still be in a dark place. We may still be in a place where if that is not, if God is not, or if that candle's not on, then we are not going to be able to see and where to go. But God wants to walk with us, that he loves us. And so I want to encourage you, before we even jump into the word this morning, that we're in this together. We've got this together. This is a team sport that we have as we walk with Jesus. Your individual walk with him combines and we all come together and get to see what God does. So let's, let's read this morning Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and then look at it, what it might say to us today. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to, uh, to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This word, these few verses, are so rich and so powerful. There's so much good stuff that we can learn, and that we can grow, and that we can experience in Jesus today. So as we start, the first thing we see here is that you need to take the green. You have to step into Jesus. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. I don't know about anybody else in the room. If you've done study or you know about the Bible, Old Testament, animal sacrifices, all the stuff they had to do in the Old Testament. I am so thankful that we live now and that Jesus' blood has already covered it. Because I don't know how I would do with like chopping up animals and putting blood on stuff and sprinkling blood on stuff, like all this crazy stuff that was a part of animal sacrifice. Jesus came, he died, he rose again from the grave, he did his part, so we now can enter with confidence. And I'm so thankful, not confidence, because you or I are great. Anybody else in the room, you're like, uh, sometimes I like to think of myself as okay or great, maybe, but then we start to actually look at our life and we say, oh man, I wish I was a whole lot better, right? Anybody, like, I wish I was so much better. I wish I could do what I want to do. In fact, Paul said it really, really well. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. Maybe some of us can relate, where it's like, Lord, I try, I want to, but it, it doesn't always happen. Well, I want you to know today, it's not on your good works, or on how awesome you are, or on what you have done. It's Jesus and what he did on the cross that gives you the confidence to step into him. And I want you to know if you try to do this thing with Jesus on your own power, in your own strength, it will be frustrating. I think I would use the word, it will be religion. It'll just be something you try to do. It'll be effort. But when we walk with Jesus, he goes with us and he will give us strength to overcome. We don't stay where we once were. No, we want to keep moving in him, but we, we go by him and we win and we're victorious because of him. And this new living way. The sacrifice of who Jesus is. Our new high priest. 
praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus, our new high priest over the house of God, which means let's draw near to Jesus. Let's draw near to him. Let's let him move and him speak. Let's let him do what only he can do in our lives. Because we can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. We're going to throw a picture up on the screen. And when I think of that, take the green. If you are into NASCAR, maybe the Daytona 500 in two weeks, you want to watch it. It's really good, everybody. But right here, they would start the race. And you see all those cars, 40 cars that are going to come to get that green flag, and they're all going to start going 55 miles per hour, 65, whatever the limit is, and then they're going to get up to 200 miles per hour, and they're going to drive 200 miles per hour basically for four hours until the race is over uh, with a few wrecks. But they're going to be this close together or even more the whole time. Because it's what's called restrictor plate racing. You have to be together to go fast. They all will be together. If you get out, then you'll find them when they pass you on the other side. Because you're together, which means two, three wide. Sometimes it gets really fun when they go four wide because a wreck's coming. And you're going to watch just carnage take place. But when we think of the word and when we think of our walk with Jesus, these dudes, they can't just be like, well, I'm going to kind of just feather it into that green flag. Like, we'll just see what happens. You know what would happen? That long row of cars behind them would straight up take them out. Because when that green flag waves, they're all gunning it and they're going to go. And I want to encourage us, Radiant Life Church, we have to step into Jesus. We've got to go and let him move and speak. I would encourage you that maybe, maybe some of us in the room, we've been kind of just, eh, we're here, we come on a Sunday morning, we do we, we love Jesus, but we're not like intimate with him. We're not going. We're not letting him move and speak in our lives. Maybe in our parenting and how we walk with friends. Maybe in the things that we allow even to, to cause, uh, to ruffle our feathers and to, to get us upset. Maybe all of a sudden we realize, man, Lord Jesus, would you help me? Because I don't know about anybody else, but that flesh part, our own part, the us part gets in the way it can be quite often of what God wants to do. I know in my life, Lord, let me stay out of it. Lord, let you do your thing. I want to live by your power, by your strength. What the word of God would say, the living way that is open for us through the curtain that is, uh, that is through his flesh, the tearing of that curtain. And we think of Jesus, we think of him coming to this earth. Us being all in is only possible because of him being all in for us. You think of Jesus in heaven, that has to be pretty great. In fact, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm pretty excited for that day when I'm in heaven. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking to prematurely get to heaven. My wife would not be a big fan of that uh, at all, and I'm definitely praying that she does not prematurely go to heaven, but I can't wait Heaven is going to be awesome. It is going to be great. And Jesus was all in for us that he left heaven to come to be a man, to put almost controls on him that he would walk as a human, which meant as a small baby, he had to have his diaper changed. And as a little kid, he had to cry. Somehow he did all of this stuff without sinning, which is super amazing because anybody have a, a kid or you've been a kid, you, you understand kids sinning. Jesus was perfect. In fact, what would that have been like if you're Mary and Joseph? And he's a kid, but he never sinned. I can't imagine it. We have kids in my house. I can't imagine what that would have been like. That would have been pretty cool. That's what Jesus did. Like he gave it all for us, came to this earth, lived this sinless life, 
What kind of stuff did he do? He healed people and rose people from the dead and took care of them and got rid of leprosy in their life. And what did people do to him? They hated him and they crucified him. They put him on a cross. He was all in. That when he could have asked, Lord, take me from this, get this out. No, he took it. He was the sacrifice, that animal sacrifice. He, he was the sacrifice, but not of goats and animals, but of a pure, sinless sacrifice. The only one that could have done it so that you and I can experience Jesus. So we can be all in because he was all in for us. He didn't just kind of, eh, we'll see what happens. But he went to the cross for you and for me. He says, draw near to me. Today, there's only one way, or there's no other way than all in and full throttle when it comes to Jesus. I want to encourage, maybe even just for the next few seconds in your own personal mind, maybe on a one to ten scale, maybe however you would rate yourself, like where do you feel that you are when it comes to your all in nature with the Lord? Where do you feel, maybe another way to say it, your intimacy level with the Lord is? Where do you feel your understanding and your daily desire to be in the Word of God is? Where do you feel that your, your desire to spend time with Jesus in worship and prayer? Is it a Sunday morning thing and you love it when Pastor Sarah and the team leads us? And I'll tell you, what, I love worship. I love combined worship. I could do it all the time. I love when there's worship nights. I love when there's all the different things. I love going to worship concerts. I love worship. But is that something you do when other people are around and when it's easy or is worship a part of who you are? Is that what you do? Is that who you are? Do you spend time with Jesus maybe at a Tuesday morning prayer or a special prayer time or at an altar? But do you spend time all day, every day just asking the Lord, what do you want to speak? I want to know you. I want to experience you. Is the word something that's like, yeah, I need to know it and maybe I'm, I've been in JBQ some others that have grown up in this church, uh, been in JBQ or TBQ. It's like, yeah, I've got, but have we made the word and are we continuing to make the word a daily part of who we are? I want to encourage you in your own life to take stock of that. I was talking to one of our young adults, talking about a relationship with a young man just this morning. And that's the question that she's trying to find out. Where is this guy's spiritual walk? Not going to church, not doing church things, but individual spiritual walk. I want to ask you, where would you say you are if someone asked you that question? Because we need to be people that go all in with Jesus. I believe these discouraged Christians here that this book is written to, they had a problem of drawing near. They had a problem of knowing maybe the right way to go. Maybe they just lost their intimate relationship with Jesus. And today, I don't want any of us in this room to be consistent church attenders without a true love and intimacy with our Father. That would be a waste. I don't want to get some of what God has, but I want us all to get all that God will give us. And as we say yes, as we go in and we say the green flag is waved, I've given my life to the Lord, it's time, let's do it. Lord, what do you have for me? As we continue here in this portion of Scripture, we take the green, right, we step into Jesus. But then in verse 23 it said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And I believe that when we begin to look at what is being said here, 
That it's like, hold on to me. Come to me. Be all in with me. I've got you. Draw near to me. And then there's the extra part of hold on. There's the extra part of you can make it. There's the extra part of the one who called is faithful. And the problem is that if we're not intimate with our Father, if we don't spend time with Him, and we don't spend time knowing Him and experiencing Him, then when we have problems and times in our life when we don't know what to do in our own strength, or we're like, we feel like we're in that tunnel, we feel like we're in a dark moment, a dark spot, then we don't have the, the uh, relational uh, moment with Jesus to be able to hold on to our Father. And so then we feel separated from God when things aren't easy. Anybody else, when it's easy, it's easy to be a Christian, it's easy to be a good parent, it's easy to do your job, it's easy to, like, life is easy. But then something happens, and unfortunately, we are in a sinful, fallen world, so sometimes we mess it up, because we're not perfect. Sometimes a friend or a family member, even someone really close might mess up something in your life. Sometimes a job goes away. Sometimes you're just driving your car down the road. And yesterday, Rachel and I saw this young man on Industrial Parkway, the roads were really clear, but somehow he got his tire out of the really clear and went across the road right through like a little intersection thing directly into a ditch, and the front of his car was just like shattered, probably totaled his car, and he thought right before that, all is good, and then you could see him standing there just looking at his car. It was like, what just happened? Anybody ever been in a moment where it's like, I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and there's just things that happen. And when we understand and we have relationship with Jesus, then we have the ability to say, Lord, this is a moment I need to seriously hold on to you. This is a moment when I don't have the strength. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but Lord, I'm going to hold on to you. And maybe you've had one of those car wreck moments where all of a sudden you don't want to know what to do and you call your insurance agent and your insurance agent kind of just takes care of it all and you end up getting a check so you can buy a new car. Anybody ever been in that spot? It's terrible and then you're like, well, the check's in hand and here we go. Well, with God, if we don't know what to hold on to, if we don't have the right number to call because we've not been, then we're going to miss out on what he wants to do and how he wants to navigate us through the issues and the problems and the things that come in our life. But when we're with him and we know him, then we have the strength and the ability because he's spoken it, that we can uh, know him and hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. When it's difficult, he's still faithful. And when I know him and experience him and walk in him, then I experience the faithful God personally, I believe, more in the time when it's difficult because all of a sudden I realize, Lord, I need you. And when it's easy, sometimes it's easy just to do our thing, but when it's difficult, we realize, Lord, thank you. Thank you for discipline. Thank you for the ability to just say yes to you, to go all in with you and what you are doing and what you are saying. When I think of the taking this green and I, I think of watching out for that yellow because he's faithful. In the beginning of this year, in January, I stepped on a scale and the scale said 200.8 pounds, which for some of you, that may not mean anything to me. That's like a, that is not acceptable personally for me. I was like, that is no way. I've always been like 175, 
and all of a sudden I'm like 200 is just that number in my mind that it's not going to work. So I decided it is time to get it together. It is time to start working out. Uh, the staff, people that know me would laugh. It's time to eat, drink less Dr. Pepper and pop. I'm not saying gone. I'm just saying less. So you're not like four or five or six, but like one, two or three, right? That's half. So that's good. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's moderation. It's okay. Uh, whatever your thing might be, you know, like, and since then, I have exercised almost every day, maybe give or take six days in the last 30, however many we're up to, 35 days or so, 37 days. So I've been really consistent running, uh, playing racquetball. Those are my two things I do, my treadmill, uh, and running a long time where I can like watch a whole movie. So short movie, hour and 20 minutes, or run an hour and 20 minutes. And I've lost a bunch of weight. I've built muscle. And you know what happens? You start feeling a little bit better. It's amazing, isn't it? A little bit of discipline, a little bit of I got to do something. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, like, come on. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just better. Life is better. And the same thing I think happens with Jesus that we start. And I'll tell you what, the first three or four weeks was horrible. I hated every single time I ran. Racquetball, always good. Running, not always good. But then as I've ran, and as I've gone, as I've made myself do it, as I've said, you're going to get up, and you're going to get on that treadmill, and you're going to do it before you go to work, because if you don't, you're not going to do it later. I know myself, there's 0% chance, so I make myself get up early. I make myself go run in the treadmill. And if you're like me, you're like, well, but if I run on the treadmill, I have to sit there for 20 to 40 minutes to stop sweating, because if I take a shower and get out, guess what? I'm still sweating right? So like it takes forever to be able to take a shower and to get on with the day. So you have to wake up and there's discipline. But you know what has happened? Now it's fun. I love it. I'm starting to get my time back. I'm running so much faster. I see it. I'm down like almost 10 pounds this week. I'll definitely get down 10 pounds, including building muscle, which means I've lost a whole lot more than that in fat. And the same thing happens with the word. The same thing happens when I spend time with him. The same things happened in corporate worship. The th same thing happened when you began to spend time coming to church on Sunday morning. And not once a month or once every other week or a few, you know, a couple times, a few times. But when you said, this is what I'm going to do, maybe for a while it's like, man, I like my Sunday morning. If I get to sleep in, that's really nice. That's a lot of time. And then as time goes on, hopefully you're like me. We're like, if I'm not at church on Sunday morning, my whole week doesn't make sense. I don't even know what to do with myself. And the feeling, the spiritual just connectedness with our church, as well as it's like the reset of my week. Preferably church, and then starting today, once again, NASCAR for a good solid nap on Sunday afternoon. It's perfect, right? Like the Lord does his thing, but we have to be committed to the word. And when it's difficult, when it's like, I don't know that I'm getting anything from this. You are, I promise you you are. But when you don't feel it, that we stay disciplined. We stay disciplined to the word. We stay, stay disciplined to worship. We stay disciplined to spending time in prayer. And all of a sudden we realize that my favorite part of the week is Sunday morning, is Tuesday morning prayer time, is getting alone with Jesus. For me, right after I run, then I sit on my Bowflex, and I may or may not actually do anything with my Bowflex, but I sit there and I listen and read the word of God, and I spend uh, 20 minutes or so while I'm cooling down, just reading the word, letting that saturate into my life to start the day off. And all of a sudden, it's fun. It's what I desire. And when I don't do it, it's not like guilt. It's not like, oh, I'm a failure. It's like, I crave it. I want it. I want to do my exercise for my physical body, and I want 
to commit and be with Jesus. I want to see intimacy with Jesus. And when we realize, Lord, I've got to step into you. What you've done allows me to enter in. And when I realize that what you've done, you're faithful, you're true, that when I don't know what to do, all of a sudden I, I'm good because I'm going to hold on to Jesus. He's faithful. He's true. And if I feel it, that's great, easier. When I don't feel it, it doesn't matter because I know he's faithful because he walks with me. Now we've talked and we've been together. And we're going to do it today and tomorrow and the next day. And no matter what's going on, no matter whether it's easy or whether it's really difficult, no matter whether it's like Joseph, the last five weeks that we've been going through that series, and it's just like everything that could possibly go bad went bad for him, including a pit, including being sold into slavery, including being accused of rape, including getting put into jail, all of it. Jesus, God walked with him and got him to a place where he could save his people, his family, and really the world from famine and starvation we realize he's faithful even when i don't know even when i don't see even when i don't feel it and we can make it because we know that the one who promised is faithful because we know him he didn't leave he hasn't abandoned you he hasn't left he's got you he's faithful hold on to him with jesus you can make it through any obstacle that comes your way this next picture that we're going to throw up on the screen, uh, one of my favorite moments is a good fashion wreck at Daytona when it is just crazy. And if you are not a NASCAR fan, that looks a little bit dangerous. They're going 200 miles per hour, which means uh, like three or four times more than you've ever been in a car probably. Uh, maybe not four, but three they're going and they're wrecking and everything is going crazy. And you see my driver down here on the bottom. He's just getting a little push through that storm, through that craziness. And I don't know for sure, but he probably saved that car and went right underneath the carnage that was going on. And I believe that when we walk with the Lord, even when everything is blowing up around us, even when there's a caution, even when it's crazy, the Lord's with us. And even if we're one of the cars that is wrecked out in there, and that's what we feel like, he's faithful. He didn't leave you. He didn't abandon you. But oftentimes when we're with him, we realize that instead of doing our own thing, he navigates us through the problem, through the storm. He gets us on the other side. And we don't have to be left there in a mess. He's got you. He loves you. Go all in with Jesus. In the last couple verses here, before we head out for the day, verse 24 and 5. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Something we do for each other, with each other. We need to consider this together. How do we push each other? How do we keep each other moving in the right direction? How do we see people that are around us? And how do we personally make sure that there's people that are pushing us, that know us, that know what's going on in our life? That maybe sometime when I need a little bit of redirection, they're there to help me. They're like guardrails in my life that I'm not going to go off the cliff because my friends, my brothers, my sisters are there to push me back on. Sometimes to, to need to be tough love and to encourage away from something I'm doing that is hurtful. Sometimes it's just to encourage and to love and to just, just make life better. Sometimes maybe we have the things of life and there's sickness or there's a problem or a loss of job, who better 
than our brothers and sisters to push us towards what God has, towards love, towards good work, to how we, we reach out. Verse 25 then goes on, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And when we begin to look and, and put this all together, that I have to step into Jesus, that I have to realize his faithfulness so I can hold on to him, the one that is promised. And then it ends with, don't forsake this assembling of yourselves together. Consider how to spur one another on. Consider how to push each other towards the right things. Consider that we can't do this on ourselves, by ourselves. We're weak when we're by ourselves, but when we are together, when we're united, when we know each other, we truly get each other, you can make it through anything. If you've experienced Jesus, you've stepped into him, you hold on to him, and you've got a brother that a sister that when you're weak, they're going to help you, they're going to push you, they're going to carry you. And when I think of life groups and I think of Radiant Life Church, that's who we are. The last picture that we have, or there's, I guess, two more, but the, the next picture is of a pit stop. Every single one of the people on that screen, around that car, if they do not do their job, if the rear tire changer doesn't change that tire, if the gas man doesn't get enough gas in, if, if the jack man doesn't jack the car up all the way, then a 12.8 second stop goes to a 14.8 second stop. And if you're going 200 miles per hour at the Daytona 500, two seconds is a long time. If you're on a road course, two seconds, that is a long time. That is hard to win back. But when everybody is there doing their job, getting the car jacked up, getting the tire off, getting the tire on, getting new gas in, including the little things, things you don't think about, but there's a tear off on the windshield. And one dude goes and pulls the little piece of orange tape and tears off the tear off. Why? Have you ever driven your car and pushed the little button for the water to get rid of bugs? Imagine 200 miles per hour around Daytona that can't see anymore. We need our brothers and our sisters to be with us, to pull a tear off, to help fill us back up, to help where we need to be to make that happen. Because if it does not, and if we do not have each other, we do not get to where we want to go. In fact, now the final picture. Two really cool moments. But a long time ago, Jeff Gordon, he won the Brickyard 400. And at the Brickyard, there's a yard of bricks that is the start-finish line. And they went out as a team, and they kissed the bricks. Now, we, t we looked at some pictures. It looked kind of disgusting. They're, like, it was a very gritty kiss for a lot of these dudes. And it was great, but the key is they did it together as a team because they could not have won without all of the people being there with each other. They wouldn't have made it to where they wanted to be. Jeff Gordon would have been, wouldn't have been one of the best drivers for a period of time without the whole team. Castro Nevis, Julio Castro Nevis, who just won the Rolex 24, which is not NASCAR, but it's a 24-hour race at Daytona. Literally, they race for 24 straight hours. Start the clock. 24 hours later, that's when it ends. There's four drivers. He drove most of the time for his team. They won. And as a team, they climbed the fence because it wasn't one of them, but it was all of them. You can only see a few, but there's a whole line of them. 
And I want to encourage us to be a church and a people, that we are biblical in our walk with Jesus, that we know I can't do it by myself. I need brothers and sisters around me to push me on, to spur me on, to do what God has called me to do. If I'm going to reach out and see the lost come to know the Lord, I need you with me, and you need me with you. We need each other. When problems come, we need each other. When things are going well and it's just smooth and it's easy to just be complacent, we need each other. We need each other to see God do what he wants to do, to see that fulfillment take place. And I pray that we would be the rad fam who climbs the fence, that kisses the bricks through life groups, that we do it together because we're in the word of God. Thankfully today, you don't have to actually kiss any brick or climb up some fence that's leaned back like this. It's wild what they do. We don't actually have to do that. But together, when we're in the Word together, when we're spending time together, when we're encouraging each other, church, we're not alone. We get to do this thing together. We get to win our world. One more for Jesus. We get to do it together. And I want to encourage you, if you feel on the outside, if you feel like you aren't a part of the family, maybe you see it, you see other people, but you're like, I, I don't feel that I am. I want to encourage you, get signed up. Don't stay on the outside. Join a group. In fact, make us have an issue that we don't have enough groups, which we just added six new groups. We're super excited. I think we have 20 groups. It's amazing. We'll, we'll start every group we need to start because there's nothing more important than the body of Christ coming together and spurring one another on toward what Jesus has. If you're just holding on, I guarantee you, if you'll give a couple of hours on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever night you pick, you will see. Maybe not in one week. It might feel like a discipline. But as you go, you're going to see God move and God speak. I was talking to Dave McFerrin before service. He was talking about their group, how he loves it. A whole bunch of, they just love Jesus. They love the study. They love the time together. Like, he's like, we go so deep and we just get to really grow in our faith and our walk with the Lord. Like super awesome, right? You can't get any better than that. That's what it's all about. And then he just kept talking about it. Why? Because he sees the value. He could study at home, but it's different when I study with you and you and you and we come together and our life experiences and how the word pours into that. And today, I want to encourage us as Radiant Life Church. If you're not a part of a group, if you're not a part of a team, we have signups for that too, the two ways that we push community more than any other. I want to encourage you, get a card, fill it out. If you put at the top and you don't circle a group, uh, which would be just, you know, picking a group, then we'll help you. We'll contact you. We'll get you involved. Some of you have signed up online. You're going to get followed up with this week. We want you to be a part because we're stronger when we're together. And Radiant Life, we are going to do fun stuff. We're going to have Easter egg hunts and all those things are coming back this year. And we're going to have seven or eight times where special services next week. Be sure to wear your favorite team gear, Rad Fam gear, Radiant Life gear. That's, that works for sure if you're not a sport fan. Uh, all those good things. But what matters more than an event is being together. And it's a place to bring a friend to a group of six or eight, ten other adults that they might not even know the Lord yet. We call it inreach, a night where we just have fun and play, play games, do whatever you do as a group to have fun. We do outreach through our groups. 
We do it because it matters, because it's important to be with each other. So as we close today, I want to encourage you. In fact, our ushers, if uh, we could have some people bring cards. Anybody need one of these cards? Anybody? We've got a couple up here. So perfect. If you can just hold your hands up, they'll be bringing those up here. Uh, if you need one, be sure to grab one. You can fill it out. Definitely your name, your email, your phone. Circle one if you know, whether it would be right up here. There's, there's somebody. Uh, a couple on this side over here. Uh, and then you can circle it. If you leave them blank, we will contact you and we will help you get into one that would fit. So if you just want to uh, be, uh, you, you don't know which one you want to do, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll do that. Or you can circle one, circle two. If one would fill up, then we will give you a call and figure out what to do. Because we want it to be 10, 12, somewhere in that range. We don't want 40 people in a group because we want communication. We don't want a small church. We want a small group. And uh, so I would encourage you, fill this card out. And we would love to get you involved. In the very top left corner, Pastor Chris and Rachel, my wife and I, our foundations group, we are going through foundations. This is our leadership group to become a part, to understand what's happening at Radiant Life Church. I would love to have you come and join us. We love hosting. Friday nights is when we meet starting this week. They're every other week. So every other week we'll do, meet about nine times before at the end of May. We'll be done for the summer. It's just that period of time. Then you can sign up in the fall. And we've seen that generally people are like, we want to stay in our group. We want to keep that relationship going. Or if you go to a group and you're like, eh, I'm not sure if this is it, let us know and we'll put you in a different group until you find a group that fits. It's not about being jammed into something, but it's about where can you learn, grow, and experience Jesus. So I'm going to pray for these three things. Maybe somebody today, you need to step into Jesus. Maybe you need to give your life to him. Maybe we're not talking about relationship, but you've not been walking with the intimacy that you know you want, you desire. I encourage you, make a step into Jesus today. Take the green flag. Maybe today you're walking through a problem, that tunnel, that dark spot. He's faithful. Let God, the faithful one, lead you through. Hold tight to him. And let's do it together. Let's accomplish what he's called us to together as the family of believers. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the habit of some is. The people here, they needed it. Maybe you do. Let's jump in. Let's go in all things towards Jesus. So Lord, this morning we thank you. Thank you for this amazing church, this amazing group of people. Lord, we thank you for so many last season, Lord, that were in life groups, and for even more that today, Lord, are going to jump in, this weekend, going to jump in to community, to relationships, to experiencing you. And God, we are thankful. We're thankful that we don't do this life alone. We don't even walk in our Christianity, Lord, by ourselves. We have brothers and sisters to help us in that personal commitment to you. Lord, so I pray that many would jump in, that no one would feel left out, but that we'd all be a part of groups, a part of teams, serving and doing life together. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You are so, so good. And this morning for one or two or maybe more that they're walking through a dark spot, Lord, I pray they would have the strength to hold on to you to the one that's faithful, that they would see you. And even if it feels difficult right now, Lord, they would not let go, but they would hold on with everything they have to you. Their brothers and sisters would encourage them through. And lastly, Lord, if, and for anybody in the room that needs to take a step towards you to walk, probably all of us, to be more intimate with you, God, I pray you would help us. 
Help us know you more, love you more, love your word more, be in the word more, uh, and, and prayer more, be in worship. Lord, let that be the habit of our life, to live our life as worship to you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We're excited about what you're doing, how you're moving. And Lord, we know that we're going to grow in you as we do it together. So we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.